Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a Lesson Companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word lesson manual or student workbook and turn to lesson number one intended for March 7th, 2021, the lesson entitled Alpha and Omega. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, well, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn there to Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter number 1, and we will look at those uh, some verses there in just a moment. Before we do that, according to statistics in 2018, there were 600 or 6.5 actually 6.5 million people who visited the Grand Canyon. 4 million people visited Yosemite National Park and 4.12 million people visited Yellowstone National Park. Every year millions of people are drawn from their homes, cities and countries to experience nature's beauty. And as guests stand in awe of creation's beauty, the mountains, the oceans, the canyons, the trees, the waterfalls, and animals seem to quiet the noise and stress that permeates so much of life. And when people comment on experience such as these, they tend to describe their feelings as cares falling away, or clarity of mind, or spiritual awareness, or coming home, or Recognizing the existence of a creator, the restoration of peace and quiet, or maybe finding purpose and inspiration restored and creativity reignited. But if glimpses of the creator and what we call nature have such an impact on humanity, how much more does the revelation of the creator as Jesus Christ impact all of us? This revelation of the God of all creation coming to the earth nailing our sins to the cross and filling us with his spirit as a promise of new life with him should inspire all of us, should inspire an all that is incomprehensible. And this all brings an awakening and serves as a hint to all humanity that there is more, that there is hope and there is a creator. If you would, once you turn to Revelation chapter 1, we're going to look at some verses in that chapter and see how God's Word would speak to us today. All right, let's look in Revelation chapter 1. We're going to begin reading verse 8 and go down to verse 18. Revelation chapter 1, beginning at verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that's called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, 
and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about with paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his hand, his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first, and I am the last. I am he that liveth, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. And that is our focus verses for today, Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 to 18. Let me read those verses again. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. This passage opens up the revelation of Jesus Christ as John begins to write what he hears the Lord speak to him, prophecies about, well, writings about things that have happened and things that will soon happen. And opening up, he hears these voices, this voice, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I'm thinking about this, what does it mean that Jesus, God, was the beginning, is the beginning and the ending? Well, we know that God existed before anything else existed. God always has been. He always was. He is Alpha and Omega, Alpha being the first letter of the Greek alphabet, Omega being the last letter of the Greek alphabet. He's the beginning and the end, as we would say in, in, in our English alphabet, he's the A and the Z. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the ending. He's the one that began it all. It, 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 God has always existed. There was nothing that created him. He was the creator of all things. He was first and last. And we can understand from God, from Jesus Christ, that he always has been, always will be. He's the first and the last. And then we see where John, he says, I, John, who also am your brother, and he, he begins to tell a little bit about what's happening in his life, that he has been placed in the isle that's called Patmos, and history tells us that he was either boiled alive in, in oil and then didn't, didn't die and was placed in exile in this island. We don't know exactly everything particularly that happened to John, but we do know he was exiled on this island, which is called Patmos, and he was exiled because of his preaching, and he was, he was exiled because of the stance that he took and the things he preached, the things he taught, the things he said. And there on the Isle of Patmos, John is saying, On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit. And he hears, hears this great voice, and this is when he hears these words, I am Alpha and Omega. And he hears this voice tell him, I want to, I'm going to tell you some things. I want you to write them in a book, and I want you to send it to the seven churches in Asia. And these were literally seven churches, seven places, literal places in Asia, 
where there were established churches and John was literally writing to them. Though we know his writing extends beyond these seven churches, his principles and the truth in this book is written for believers of all ages, of all time. But there, these churches that are mentioned are specific churches there uh, at that particular time in Asia. But I want, to, I want us to think about for a moment why John was on the Isle of Patmos. Now, I told you because of his preaching and because of... Uh, you know, he was possibly boiled in oil and didn't die and placed on this island just to just to waste away and 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 die eventually. But John actually gives us insight. He didn't say I was on the Isle of Patmos because I'm being persecuted. I was on the Isle of Patmos because because God has it out for me and because I'm just not liked and because things just always go bad and wrong in my life my life. But he says I was on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God. And for the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, God always has a purpose in our pain. There's always a purpose. And all the things that we go through, we might try to see on the outside, well, it's just because uh, I have bad luck. Or it's just because um, they just had it in for me. And, and they're against me. And, and nobody's for me. And, and we, we might blame it all on that. When we need to step back and realize that that might have played a role in it. But God knows how to take all of that and use it for his glory. The real reason John was on Patmos is so that he could receive a revelation of Jesus Christ that he had not yet received before. A revelation of Jesus Christ that would not only transform and change his life, but would transform and change the life of the church for ages to come until the Lord returns. And John begins to share with us this revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the name of the last book of the Bible. We call it Revelation. Some people call it Revelations, but it is one revelation because it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And John says, I saw him and I, I, I heard this voice and he says, write these words down. And then watch this, verse 12. John says, I turned to see the voice. Who was this speaking to me? Because there was a strange simile, though there was, the voice might have been a little bit different than what he'd heard before. He recognized something. And he said, be in turn, I turned around, and I was kind of taken back. I saw seven golden candlesticks. But in the midst of those seven candlesticks was one likened to the Son of Man. Now, let's stop here for a second. John had just spent some time in ministry. Now, this is probably later on the first century, 90 to 100 AD, when this book is being written, many of the other apostles had already been martyred, passed away. John was really one of their last remaining apostles to live. But he can remember decades before as a young man when he walked with the Son of Man. He was one of Jesus' disciples. John, the revelator, was one of Jesus' disciples, and he had walked with the Son of Man. He had lived closely to the, with the Son of Man. He had heard the Son of Man teach. He, had, he, he knew the Son of Man. John was one of, the, one of the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. John knew Jesus. He referred to him as the disciple whom Jesus loved. John had a special connection with Jesus and said when he turned around and he saw, he, he saw the seven golden candlesticks first, but then his attention immediately reverted to and he saw one likened to the Son of Man clothed with the garment down to the foot. And he began to describe him. His feet were like brass. His hair was like wool. His voice was like the sound of many waters. He said, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet dead. 
It was like if the breath was knocked out of him. He was left completely speechless. But then that hand who had touched him before again was laid on upon him and he heard the voice said, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and of death. Think about this. How was the this revelation of Jesus Christ different from the revelation John had received earlier on in life? John was there when Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? Well, some say you're Elijah, come back. Some say you're Jeremiah the prophet. Some say you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. And it was Peter, right, that spoke up and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. John was there for that revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. John was also there for the revelation when Philip spoke up and said, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus looked back at him and said, Philip, have I been with you so long, and you don't know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why are you asking me to show you the Father? You see him. I am he who stands before you. I am the God who stands before you. John was there for that revelation. John saw all this. John saw. John was there when Jesus was transfigured on the Mount Transfiguration and saw, uh, saw him saw all that happened. That John was there. John saw many revelations. John saw Jesus heal. John was there when Jesus died on the cross. John was the only one that didn't abandon him. John was the one that stood there by uh, Jesus' mother. John saw it all. John was there at the tomb when he and Peter arrived and Jesus was risen. John was there for that. John had received so much revelation. What made this different? What made him this time fall at Jesus' feet as if he were dead, speechless, breathless, unable to speak, unable to respond? What was it this time? I think this time, John finally caught the revelation of who Jesus really was. On earth, they knew he was the Son of God. They believed him by faith. They believed that he had power. They believed there was something different about him. They knew that this was Messiah. They knew, but John received a more complete revelation on the Isle of Patmos when he heard this thundering voice that he said sounded like many waters. And when he turned to see who this was, he said, I saw one that looked like the Son of Man. I saw one that looked just like the man who I watched for the very first time decades ago walk along the sandy seashore and call me to follow him. The same one I heard pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, let this cup pass from me. The same one I saw breathe his last breath on the cross when he said, it is finished. He was the same one. I turned and I saw one that looked just like the son of man, but I knew it was him, though his hair this time was white like wool, and, and he was holding seven stars in his hands, and he was girt about with this golden uh, girdle. His, his feet were like brass. They burned like burned in a furnace. His voice was at the sound of many, uh, many uh, waters. His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. John saw this majestic revelation 
of Jesus Christ. He had never seen him like this before. Although John believed it, although John knew, although John has accepted it, John had faith, John knew who Jesus was. It wasn't until this moment that John recognized the full revelation of Jesus Christ. That he truly was the Alpha and the Omega. That he truly was the one that's existed from the beginning of time. He alone, by himself, God who occupied the throne of heaven. John got a revelation of Jesus Christ. You and I can have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. When we turn to him and give our lives to him, God wants, he wants to pour himself into us. Through his word, he reveals himself to us. Through his power, he reveals himself to us. How can we apply this to our lives this week? I want to challenge you this week to do at least two things. First of all, I want to challenge you. Every day this week, take time to meditate on God's greatness, thanking him specifically for, for things he's done for you in your life. But meditate on his greatness. Worship and tell him how great he is. Spend time every day lifting up Jesus and magnifying him for his greatness. And then secondly, spend some time this week each day interceding for those who need a revelation of Jesus, praying that they will find and recognize who Jesus really is. Maybe you have a loved one, a friend, a lost loved one who needs to know who Jesus is. We need to pray that God will reveal himself to them, that they would see him in all of his glory and majesty and turn their lives over to him and let him save their souls. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the revelation of who you are. So thankful, O oh God, that we understood you to be the God who forgives us of our sins. And we turn to you. We found forgiveness. And then we found you're the God who washes sins away. And you're the God, you're the Holy Spirit who comes and lives inside of us. You're that same God. And yet also, Lord, you're the great God who we'll spend eternity with one day. But there we have loved ones and friends, lost people in our lives who do not know you. And I pray, God, that you'd reveal yourself to those who are lost and without you. Show your power. Show your majesty. Help us as believers to be able to share the truth of your word and to show people your love and to see your power manifest through us, illuminating their lives and showing them who you really are. We pray for that revival to come. We worship and magnify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.